Oh, Bob, you've got to take out. You've got to take out. No, but there's pregnancy. Put it back in. See how it would fly. See how it fits. And was it quite tight? <laughs> it just got it. That's good. And here's the slightly too young to be hot yet. <laughs> no, wait, no, no. Where's he going with this? Welcome to Don't Jump the Shark Podcast. I'm Ross. And here's the wisecracking sidekick to my beponytailed hero, Grant. This is a real story from Vanity Fair, an article about Steven Seagal. Mm -hmm. One day, an executive walked into Seagal's trailer and found Hollywood's reigning manly man weeping. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm reading the script, Seagal explained. Still a bit misty. It's the most incredible script I've ever read. Oh, that's fantastic, the executive said. Who wrote it? Seagal didn't miss a beat. I did. (laughs) (laughs) Arrogant bastard. A champ. That's our hero. And here's the slightly too young to be that hot niece and love interest, Bob. Hello. (laughs) So, yes, uh, this episode's film is Under Siege 2, Dark Territory. <laughs> um, here's what we do every time. We take a film that's good up to a point and then goes too far. We'll talk you through the film and point out that jump the shark moment where we feel it goes off the deep end. Could be five minutes in, could be five minutes from the end. As always, we've locked ourselves inside that vast, vast dark territory <laughs> <laughs> where nothing can get in or out. <laughs> And we studied the film separately, so we have no way of knowing each other's chosen shark jumping moment. So, in terms of uh, synopsis for this film, I think uh, there's only really one impression. There's only one impression. (laughs) Only one. Casey Ryback hops on a Colorado to LA train to start a vacation with his niece. Young man, don't make me come over there. (laughs) Early into the trip... Terrorists board the train and use it as a mobile HQ to hijack a top-secret destructive satellite. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I think we pretty much get the entire film. <laughs> it's one of those, uh, we don't need any more information than that. No. That is the whole thing. As a, a question for this week, uh, set you both the challenge of, um, in this film... Steven Seagal's character, Casey Rybeck, has a, a novel that he's working on of his life and his lessons from his life, and he's called it Ryback's Tactics, which I thought was a reasonably dry title, mm-hmm. so I was thinking, surely from the world of Steven Seagal we could pull something that was a bit more interesting. Yeah. So, uh, you guys got any ideas? I think, <clears throat> I think for Ryback's memoirs for Under Siege 2, I would call them... 
How can the same shit happen to the same guy twice? <laughs> semicolon, it's a fucking bottleneck. <laughs> Another semicolon. I don't know what's going to set off the metal detector first. Letting you answer just shit in your brains. Are you saying this is close to Die Hard? <laughs> it's as close to Die Hard 2 as you're going to get. Die Hard on a tree. Mm-hmm. Die Hard on a sandwich. That's what I want. <laughs> what about yourself, Bob? Well, I'll go back to his original film he made, uh, Above the Law, Nico. Oh, yeah. And I would say Nico would write Nico's knickknacks <laughs> about his tactics. And crisps. And his, and his crisps. And his abilities as a chef, even though Nico wasn't a chef. <laughs> well, I would go with uh, ponytails and pentatonics, because as we all know, Steven Seagal is a massive blues fan. And guitar player, apparently. And massive... Being the right word. Yes. Energy special. Do you know he once killed someone's dog as well? By sitting Did on he? It was when he was doing that Steven Seagal lawman show. He, yeah. Um, um, There's a, a guy who was arranging cockfights. I mean, this story's funny already. <laughs> is this in real life? Who was arranging? This is real life. Yeah, alright, yeah, so it is, because it's a reality show, isn't it? Uh, Steven Seagal dressed up all in army camouflage to, to go to the bus at this guy's house. They went through the guy's wall with a tank, <laughs> <laughs> killing his dog and 112 chickens in the process. <laughs> Thus ending animal cruelty, Grant. <laughs> Unbelievable. What does it take? It's just a tank, apparently. Wow. I just love the fact that the police were all dressed in policeman uniforms and he was dressed in camouflage <laughs> inside a tank. There was a Hiding story. from the other soldiers. There was a story no about see me. There's a story about Seagal in one of the Scottish papers um, when he first started coming over here uh, with his guitar mm-hmm. and his music. Yeah. And uh, the reporter had said he was a bit standoffish and it, to me it looked like he swapped his film roles for bacon roles. <laughs> <laughs> and you can see it. He is quite, quite huge. He's rather portly. Mm. I'd say probably the best like film that he didn't really get his hands on to edit the shots of himself and see how big he actually yeah. is is Machete like he's big oh he, he was wearing a big coat wasn't yeah he? you can see the kind of the, the big dangle off yeah. the front the shelf as we make it <laughs> I mean I'm not Slim Jim but compared to him oh you are compared yeah, to him definitely <laughs> he's too busy making a hundred films a year to I work know. out a hundred voiceovers a year and getting his body double to appear in them that must be the worst job in the world, eh? Being the sound man for Steven Seagal doing a voiceover. Christ. <laughs> Turn it up. Turn it's it up. It's living and I still can't hear him. Do we have any more gain? <laughs> Why not eat Chicago-style pizza? I do. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> he must have loved Scotland, though, must not he? <laughs> yeah. All the fried food that you can get up here. <laughs> Fantastic. I think I actually have that newspaper article you yeah. talked about. Because we were... Uh, at the time, I was quite obsessed with me and the band that we were in. We're yeah. quite obsessed with um, Stephen Seagal, and we we nearly got tickets to go and see him, but it was actually sold out. Right. Um, done quite well, but then um, we wrote a song called "Under Siege." <laughs> <laughs> it's quite good, and there was there was a chorus line in which you were meant to pump your fist in there and say Stephen Seagal. It was a good song. Very good. I'll have to actually find, see if I can find the lyrics out because it was it was, it was genius. You'll have to dig it out. Lyrical genius. What rhymes with dark territory? I don't think we we jumped onto the second one, but we definitely there was something about um, 
his long black hair and he don't have a care or something like that. <laughs> we mentioned him being a chef, a kick-ass chef as well at some point. In it. I can't he doesn't have long black hair in this though, it's... No, no. The has gone. This is, this is um, if anybody's read um, Seagalology, um, the book by... Seagalogy. Seagalogy? We'll, yeah. we'll dispute. <laughs> by uh, Vern, the, they do refer to this as a silver era post-ponytail. Mm-hmm. It is kind of his gold era compared to what his shit he's doing now. Yeah. I remember hating this at the time, but thinking, hmm, given some of the other ones of his I've seen. (laughs) You'd think it would be in the 20 years that it's been made. And it does, but not as badly as some of the films he's making now are going to date in the next couple of years. Definitely. So uh, who are the the terrorist hijackers and the uh, portly chefs in this film, Grant? Uh, first up, director Jeff Murphy. I'm there. A hero of yours, I'm sure. Yeah. Director of one of my favourite films, Young Guns 2, no. Blaze of Glory. No. And the film with the hilarious subtitle in history, Fortress 2, re-entry. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. And he also Goodbye Pork Pie, which I've seen, by the way. It's one of his first films. It's kind of weird. It's Australian uh, smoking bandit. Oh, yeah. And Free Jack. And Free Jack. Get him out of the Writers, two writers for this. Um, one is Richard Hatem. <laughs> <laughs> now, Grant, let's not bring opinions into this. Come on, down. <laughs> Give the guy a chance. He's, he's Mr. TV now, as a lot of these writers for these films are mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And the other one is Matt Reeves. <laughs> Whoa. He also did The Paul Bearer with David Schrummer. <laughs> <laughs> The Yards with Yaquan Phoenix, which is bish. <laughs> and Let Me In. Oh, the, the remake. remake. Yes. So, it's moving swiftly on. <laughs> Steven Seagal. The aforementioned Machete. Mm. Oh, he's good machete. He is. I like him in that. Do you know he's in the Onion movie playing a character called Cock Puncher? <laughs> <laughs> and... You can't get much higher than Hard to Kill for me when it comes to Seagal. I love that film. Hmm. Eric Bogosian. What the fuck is he doing in this film? <laughs> Paycheck. <laughs> he wrote and starred in Talk Radio, which is a brilliant film directed by Oliver Stone. I recommend it to everyone. And he's probably most famous now, though, for being in Law and Order Criminal Intent. He's oh, the yeah. boss. I had no idea he was in Blade Trinity. <laughs> Is he? Yes, apparently he is. As? <laughs> Travis Dane, maybe? Well, maybe, yeah. Back from a day. Catherine Heigl, Rossi's favourite. <laughs> you love her, don't you? No, I hate her. Say, say <laughs> hi she, to Heigl. She was in Possible Don't Jump the Shark film that we gave up on at the last minute and did Doctor Who instead New Year's Eve. No. <laughs> Not sure if we dodged a bullet with that one. <laughs> I think we would, we were getting a bullet either way. Yeah. <laughs> it just it's where the bullet was going. <laughs> we had to take a grab, we just had to choose his method of yeah. entry. <laughs> it was in the shoulder with Doctor Who, it was right in the groin when he was It was always next year. <laughs> and she was most famous for Grey's Anatomy probably. Yeah. Knocked and, up. Uh, yeah, knocked up. Knocked up is the last one I liked. Which she famously denounced because she said she didn't realise at the time how uh, misogynistic it was. Because mm-hmm. she only read her part, <laughs> apparently. 
she, she mentioned this like seven years after the film came out as well, <laughs> which kind of makes me a little bit suspect of it. I wouldn't say it's misogynistic. Homophobic, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, those two guys are farting on each other's pillows. They're quite, uh, quite at home with each other. Uh, are, they, are they not the two that are, are you're so gay because they're nose jokes? But then at the end, do yep. they not turn out... Judd Apatow, comedy <laughs> genius. <laughs> do they not turn out to be gay at the end, though? Do they? Yeah, I think, do they not get together at the end? And it's kind of like a... Uh, you shouldn't have. <laughs> it was nothing yeah, to kind of joke about. Yeah. yeah, that sounds hilarious. I'm really going to watch this film now. <laughs> also, we've got who doesn't want a bit of Morris Chestnut? <laughs> Morris <laughs> Chestnuts, Rocky. Chestnuts as well. Chestnuts. Not chestnuts. 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 <laughs> Half past dead is another film of his I like. Yeah. <laughs> With Seagal. With Seagal. <laughs> He's in Kick Ass too, apparently. Yeah. He's the protector of the Wee Lassie. Oh, yeah. And he, he was in the V reboot as well. Looking yeah. very muscly. That's what I was earlier on. Hundred percent beefcake. <laughs> he's been good in certain things. It's just yeah. not. This is not one of them. <laughs> keep him away for cigar. <laughs> he does not play the wacky sidekick very well, does he? No. That's it. I'm not telling you ever at McGill or Kurtwood Smith. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get on into that. Let's get into this dark territory. <laughs> this film is very dark territory. <laughs> I knew when I seen Jeff Murphy film that Grant would instantly love this. <laughs> this is the best film we've ever done. <laughs> it's yeah. not as good as his other number two film. <laughs> his number two film? Young Guns 2. He's done two number twos? No, not two number twos. His entire career. <laughs> The way we get the the Under Siege military anthem, which oh. leads us out into space. I stood up and saluted. I did as well. I was already half masked on the salute. Do you get chug. the 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 sign, like the, the the picture behind when the person's credit comes up? Uh-huh. Like you know how carefully choreographed those uh-huh. are. Like Steven Seagal's comes up just as the rockets fire. Mm-hmm. Steven Seagal's a rocket? Is that what they're saying? He's a the rocket. Steven Seagal, you're a rocket. <laughs> I like to think it's because he's on fire. <laughs> That's what I thought. His career was blasting off into, into space, space, leaving him behind. <laughs> Pretty much. Leaving Pretty him much. behind in the kitchen. Next to the pie cupboard. But I knew... I gotta make a bomb and a cake. <laughs> I knew it was gonna reach for greater heights <laughs> when, I, when I seen the space, and I was like, really, let's just keep it simple. Keep it simple. Why not? I was loving that the DOP was Robbie Greenberg, though, eh? Yes, Ross, that one. Oh, not the, him. The one who did Free Willy in the Santa Claus 3. <laughs> in the same year? That sounds like an awesome, like. Kind of Alabama Three type band, like the free <laughs> Santa Claus and the Free Willy Three. <laughs> so they set up a satellite so they can stare at a lady's breasts. Just, and what is the line? Oh, holy guacamole! <laughs> That's right. And also, Dane would love this. Dane Cook, you're right. <laughs> Did you not He'd notice? be all over those boobs. <laughs> You don't notice the guys wandering in with their mobile phones? It's like, this is a top secret local <laughs> government official place, and you're just wandering in on your fucking mobile phone. Well, they're looking at porn. Ah. <laughs> you don't want anybody wandering in when you're looking yeah, at boobs. This Travis Dane could have just wandered in <laughs> and gone, I'm going to take this satellite, thanks. Cheers. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> so Travis Dennis, you learn Travis Dennis killed himself, so you definitely won't see him in this film. Yeah, he's definitely not dead, and he's definitely not going to get his hands on this satellite that he's just launched. <laughs> and who tells you that? That slimy guy with the the, the cigarette man who smokes all the way yeah. through this fucking film, yeah. or the beardy guy, ah. yeah, the sleazy guy. I <laughs> like yeah, because he has to get away. That's right. Yeah. Cap- he's all over Captain. Whatever captain name female is. character. All captains. Yeah. Did you <laughs> notice that every single person is a captain? Hey, captain, my captain. <laughs> Deadpool's the same. Well, I love it though because his chaplain tell is you did a good job. It's like back CBBS yeah. presenter. <laughs> Do you want to go out with me? No. Why would that endear me to you at all? And as we learn later, there's a no dating in Policy. the office room. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's in the military, isn't it? You, I you think he's meant to be like private firm contractor because, like, he's the one later on who spoiler alert he he, um, he phones his wife. Yeah. There's def- I think there was possibly a subplot with him going on that wasn't mentioned because it definitely seems like he should have been in somehow in cahoots with the folk no. on the train. I like the idea that they just didn't mention it. It's not like a deleted scene or anything. They're just like, well, he's in it quite a lot. that guy's story, but despite that, he's in it quite a lot. And the same, the same way when they're trying not to cause a panic about Washington, mm-hmm. and he phones his wife. So you're thinking, oh well, when he phones his wife, that's going to cause panic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but, that, it, but it it it's never shown. It goes nowhere. <laughs> or possibly it does. <laughs> it's just not it's shown on screen. Because <laughs> unless you want to be in the NASA control room or the train, you, you're fucked for locations <laughs> in this film. Or in the Mile High Cafe, <laughs> as the name <laughs> of his cafe suggests. Now I've got an idea for the military mm-hmm. and their top level secret base. Why not just update your security codes? On the hour, every hour. <laughs> on the minute, every minute. Do you mean like um, the Nazis did in the Second World War with the Enigma machine? Yes. Change it every day. Just you know? like that. God, those brainy Nazis. Ah, <laughs> if only we were all like the Nazis. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Just saying they had some good ideas. Jeez, <laughs> oh. Well, I think I know who your favourite character in this film was. <laughs> Mr. Arian Ever. <laughs> oh, Blondie himself. Right? He's six foot seven in man muscle. <laughs> Before we get to him, we've got another five foot odds. <laughs> yeah, man muscle. Nothing. <laughs> you notice he gets a hero shot? He gets out of the car and he's got to turn around into yeah, the camera. Yeah. Like, this is my face. <laughs> Here it is, movie. He's so handsome. Bathe it so in. handsome. Bathe that fucking face in. Look at it. I love this blunt dialogue as well. It's like, oh, so sorry your brother died, and it's a shame your parents were also there in that plane crash. <laughs> <laughs> so died. You have a niece. <laughs> and you're going to see her? <laughs> Why don't you take a train trip with said niece <laughs> well yeah she, she doesn't want to fly because the brother died in a plane crash or something yeah, that's right, that's right. Oh, and the parents yeah and the parents oh, you've just got to you've got to give it to them haven't you they're just trying to get on with it as quickly as possible <laughs> they set everything up so quickly I love that but it's I just it. glossed over uh-huh. do you remember uh, Star Trek the motion picture when the Vulcan science officer gets killed in mm-hmm. the transporter and then McCoy doesn't want to go in it, and they're like, stupid McCoy, technology-hating McCoys. <laughs> Somebody just died in that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess a similar thing might have happened here, Catherine Heigl's. <laughs> Do you notice as well, the guy that's like running the cafe while um, Ryback's away, he's like, come on, get back to work! <laughs> Almost like, 
oh, sorry, your brother died, but you need to get back to work. They only come here for you, not me. (laughs) You need to make us some money, chief. (laughs) Then we get the haunting, oh, my niece is Catherine Heigl theme. (laughs) And he's not seen her for five years? Mm. And And it gives her the creepiest opening line in history. You got big. <laughs> that's that's okay, on a par. Uncle. That's on a par with Padme on episode two, right? <laughs> it's, it's dead creepy. My, how you've grown. <laughs> you have no idea, love. <laughs> Pulling this thing for fucking five years, hoping to see you again. <laughs> oh. It's not just Mace Window that's got a purple head. <laughs> 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 she's some sassy lassie though eh? gives her a teddy bear for 17 year old though she's 17 year old teddy bear <laughs> 17 year old because her, na- her age is not mentioned in this film I went on Wikipedia to find out <laughs> what age would she have been when this came out <clears throat> were you doing that old is it okay to find her attractive test <laughs> Well, apparently Morris Chester, Hermione test. <laughs> Morris Chester didn't even go through that test. He just fancied her right away. Oh no! Like hello. When Morris Chester fancies her, though, you think, oh, it must be okay. It must be legal, right, guys? Hello. They wouldn't have a character like that in a film like this. But I mean, she does look a lot older than. But how old is he? Yeah, true. <laughs> Morris Chestnut. He says to her, Oh, my uncle was in the Navy, he wasn't as hot as you. He was pretty hot, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because well, oh, we have to mention the, the line that comes back later on. Because uh-huh. when uh, Catherine Heigl gives Seagal some sass and then walks away, he kind of almost has a turn to the camera moment and goes, Guess I'm not trained for this. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. Guess I'm not trained for this. <laughs> I wonder if there'll be anything I am trained for (laughs) (laughs) If only my training could come in useful (laughs) Terrorists would never take over a train That'd be fucking boring (laughs) And then we get the endless shots of this train That continue all the way through this film You've got to find the most interesting angles of a train Of a square box Oh my god, it never ends <laughs> Starts off with a couple here and then it goes all the way through the film, there's different angles. Oh wow. Then surprise, surprise, the two cap two two captains that were working on that. Can you say love boat? project? <laughs> love train. <laughs> it's entering the tunnel. <laughs> because she is rather sexily pulled her suit jacket top back just a tiny bit oh, so you yeah. can sort of see her bra. <laughs> Oh yeah, she's got sexy. <laughs> he should have said holy guacamole. <laughs> <laughs> but then we cut to like the easiest airbase ever to break up. <laughs> they that? took an airbase for like what, two guys? <laughs> what is that? There was only two guys at the airbase. I know. There was the two guys in the control room and then there was two guys came out of a hangar that's right. and then that's it, they had the airbase. Yep. <laughs> Look looking back. My note here is not the most descriptive. So, so some bad guys are up to stuff. I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah, glad you were there to fill in the gaps there. <laughs> and then Everett McGill appears blonde. He's never been blonde before. Mm. I guess he just thought his character would be blonde. Is that the the smaller of the henchmen? Not oh, the big Aryan guy? Oh no, that's the big Aryan guy. Alright, oh, not the guy with the floppy hair? No. Who seemed like he should have been the main bad guy. 
He looks very like, like, like the guy with the floppy hair from Last Boy Scout. Aye, 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 you're right, aye. So there's a heart-to-heart with Steven Seagal and his niece after that. <laughs> so did you get this heart-to-heart? Which which is involves him checking she's not drinking and then revealing and then that he knows she's not drinking. <laughs> and then totally insulting her by saying, you know, your dad wasn't a Boy Scout, you know. Yeah. It's like, fucking our dads just died, you <laughs> little cunt. Honestly. But a dad that you totally are mourning for. He was yeah. bad. That was your fucking brother, who you must feel badly for now. He was no choir boy. He was her dad. And you've just called him out to be a total bastard. But then they just make up. No, 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 no. She goes crawling back to him. (laughs) Why? Well, see this scene? I I hadn't seen this in a wee while. And I genuinely thought she was setting him up so that the stewardess would think that he was a paedophile. Because what happens (laughs) is there is no mention of the fact, that's my niece, by the way, So he goes back up to the bar. She comes up to the bar with him and goes, you know, I've just been thinking, um, maybe we should just be friends. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, she should be talking. Okay. And she gives him a little peck on the cheek and then fucks off. And you're like, the stewardess must be like, get on that phone. That's the 50th, uh, that's the 50th time I've heard a woman say that to Seagal. <laughs> Hi, I'm, today. I'm Chris Hansen. Uh, you've come here to meet a small girl and have a drink with her on a train. Uh, <laughs> You've uh, you've posted online as Ponytail85. Uh. <laughs> no, I just couldn't stand this, that she had to go back to him as if she had instigated anything. <laughs> you know, her dad's just died. Her emotions are everywhere. He's faced death all his life. Okay, it's a family member, but he must be able to control it. Fuck off. Death's his friend, Bob. Yeah. Death's his friend, and I'll insult my niece that I'm trying to get... Uh, but that is just... With. Top dramatic tension work there, the way oh. they, they make up, so mm. that there's no tension of oh, will they get to see each other yeah. and resolve anything? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Literally, if they'd steered clear of that, that would have worked quite well. Is this <laughs> when Morris Chestnut tries to hit her? Yeah, he gets thrown thrown about the place. She uses a, a good bit of kung fu. Yeah, <laughs> and she's like, "Yeah, my uncle taught me this. He loves it when I beat a black man." <laughs> <laughs> He was from the depths south. <laughs> that was the deep south of Australia, apparently. <laughs> the deep south. Deep south, man. Wallabies. <laughs> the most exciting scene in action cinema history. Let's bake a cake. <laughs> How the fuck does he get into the galley? Who lets this man wander about the train? He just goes, I am. He's like, I come in. You want to make a cake? Aisle 35! Come and make a cake! It's your turn! Come on down! (laughs) This guy who's overtaken our kitchen wants a bottle of the brandy so he can pour it in his cake. For his his niece! (laughs) You're trying to get this young lady drunk, (laughs) sir? Is that right? With cake? With with brandy cake? It didn't work for traditional route, so you're going down the cake route. See, I know in cooking that the alcohol burns off, but does it when you make a cake out of it? Is there, is there a, a hypnobar just drink? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, sure, go ahead. Uh, I think yeah. we maybe have some in the medicine cabinet. <laughs> you don't have a chloroform. <laughs> a real hypnog and brandy cake. Because <laughs> oh, I'm not yeah. cake. <laughs> So as this is happening, I guess the train kind of gets taken over. Oh, wait. That's the second most exciting scene. Oh. <laughs> the action cinema. They go across some bangers. Yeah. 
And somebody goes, well, the, the two chiefs actually, it's the two intelligence chiefs, go to each other, what's that? And the other one goes, don't know, we must be in dark territory. What? <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Why would a lot of... Well, firecrackers, we must be in dark territory, because... Why? <laughs> American Indians I thought the point of attacking the train those are, those are arrows bouncing off the train but <laughs> not John Wayne here yeah. uh, I'll sort this problem <laughs> for ya <laughs> well, the only thing that that territory means is that you can't get in contact with the train no that's it it's a signal loss that's it there's no oh also they leave firecrackers on the track right so there's fireworks maybe there's fireworks inside the cabin because that's what they used to mm-hmm. to well, let them know, wasn't Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what they used to let the guys further up the track know where they hijacked the train, like we said. Mm. Um, so we presume Seagal's still baking a cake at this point, and the two captains <laughs> are yeah, still he's in the kitchen. shagging each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're still getting on. <clears throat> While all the bullets are flying about the place, the helicopters are landing, the jeeps have come out of nowhere... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Now, Seagal's special forces, right? Yeah. He's trained to hear a whisper. <laughs> right? Yep, even on annual leave. You'd like to think he would react a bit quicker than this. Yeah, he's just kind of like, is that... Is and that's, he's helicopter? listened to his tunes. He's listened to his... Oh, oh he's got a music CD. Of course, <laughs> I, I don't know what someone would listen to at this time. <laughs> Isn't it ironic? <laughs> <laughs> he's just making a cake. But even the two captains are still going at it. Mm-hmm. While all this is going on, and like, did you hear those firecrackers? Yeah, right. That's okay then. Shut up then. We'll just <laughs> Let's keep... see these fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they board the train, shoot lots of people, and Seagal gets all the chefs killed. <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck is with that? Pretty sure he says dive, and then they know that there's a whole yeah, cabin of people he, at the bottom. He takes some guy out with some jujitsu shit. Yeah. Throws him off the train. Did that guy say jive? (laughs) 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 To indicate to the other terrorists, oh look, there's trouble in the fucking kitchen. Mm. Let's go sort that out. So he shuts the door, tells them to duck, and he fucks off into the freezer. That's it, pretty much. And then they all get shot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So say, everybody hit the the freezer. freezer. Come (laughs) with me. Yeah. Ah, oh, well, the terrorists are also kidnapping John McLean's niece, uh, Casey Ryback's <laughs> niece, Casey Ryback, not John McLean. <laughs> oh, that's, oh, that's terrible. We have, um, we do have the bit where they break in on the two captains, <laughs> and uh, you think, oh no, they're going to get shot, and the guy just turns round and shoots the radio. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Is that why you came here? Because we're having an affair? Oh yeah, like I care about who you're fucking. No, I just hate Alanis Morissette. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Seagal decides to search the train. Because he escapes out the freezer. Yep. And who does he find? Chestnut. <laughs> what a good find, eh? <laughs> it's always good when you find some chestnuts, Bob. <laughs> Do you know what I think? I, I just thought maybe we'd turn the camera and say, you know, last time, last time, folks, on Under Siege, I had Erica Olyniak. <laughs> this time, folks, I've got Morris Chestnut. <laughs> Basically, fulfilling the same character role of, although she's good by the end of it, whereas he's just good 
As soon as some fighting rolls around, <laughs> some, suddenly a martial arts expert. Well, when but he gets a throwaway line, line, do you remember there's a throwaway line about that? I know some After kung he gets fu. beaten up. Oh, I, like, yeah. I, know, I know some shit. You're like, do you? <laughs> well, no, it's before that. It's when, before just he after she's been beaten up by Catherine Heigl, mm-hmm. yeah. he goes in and the guy's like, I thought you knew kung fu. That's what you're always saying to me anyway. Get it, audience, get it. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. I like Eric Bogosian, though. I think he's an interesting bad guy for a film like this. Do you, do you hear the line that he says here? Um, he's, he's telling everybody, you know, to just stay where they are and be like that. But then he also says, um, no hero shit. Mm-hmm. And then we move straight to a shot of Steven Seagal. And I was thinking, no hero shit? But what about a shit hero? <laughs> <laughs> I, li- I do like him. Um, when he says, this is your captor speaking as well. <laughs> you just loved playing this bad guy. <laughs> I think you did. It's, uh, it's not quite as capped up as uh, Eric Roberts. It was. <laughs> no. But no, what is? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing can beat that. I don't even think an entire panto is. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's so impressive. So is this where he interrogates the two captains to get the codes? Yeah, and apparently, mm-hmm. if you get two military officers who have a crush on each other... They'll give those codes straight up. <laughs> There's no tension, is there? It's just pretty much like, I'm going to stick this laser in your uh, partner's eye. Oh, okay, I'll just give you the codes. Yeah. All right. There's no kind of what you would get, you know, the sort of, he's going to kill us anyway, come on. Which mm. is clearly going to happen. <laughs> and does happen. Yeah, yeah. What a way to go. I wouldn't have wanted a laser in my eye. Well, goodbye, bro, call. If my missus is getting a needle pointed at her, <laughs> here's your code. That's what I'm saying. Just change the codes every hour on the hour. There'd be no need for this. Couldn't this guy just hack into this <laughs> codes? Because he's, he's would have worked for them. You must have created a back door. Mm-hmm. But anyway, there'd be no need for this film then, would there? Talking of back doors. Back to our lovers. Um, so after the codes get given up, we uh, the, the two... Two captains. Captains. Two get, captains, uh, my captain. Get thrown off the train. The first one... Gets thrown off and shot? Yeah. He's lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps you're wondering why you would shoot a man <laughs> that you're going to throw off a plane. Or a train, perhaps, let's see. Uh, he's pretty much dead. And then they throw the second one off and, and the, the female captor kind of goes, it's okay, and throws her off like kind of where there's a bit of rubber. Yeah. She pets a rock. <laughs> Bet River is right. Bad luck. And they don't even bother something. Her. You'd go paddling in with your two-year-old and <laughs> feel okay, okay that they're not going to get too wet. Yeah. <laughs> as I was falling, which I would personally turn around if I could and say, "Could you not just shoot me, you pants?" <laughs> That's what I would have said. You know what we did, Mrs. Bell. As uh, kind of just after the train was was taken over, we did have the return line of this. I'm trained for this. I'm trained for. <laughs> yeah, because I've just killed all the kitchen staff by my <laughs> ignorance and arrogance. There's one thing the kitchen staff didn't count on: cigar. <laughs> In my way, human shields. <laughs> I would have liked it if he would have just grabbed like a bacon roll or something, or a baguette, and just started eating it. <laughs> It goes into the freezer, but then pops back out to grab something that's on the ground. A ham leg. 
<laughs> or comes out eating something. <laughs> How did he survive in that freezer? I mostly ate all the meat to us. <laughs> That's the entire meat supply for three weeks worth of this train running. It was good. <laughs> this is where it could be like um, in the Alan Partridge film where they find Michael the next day. <laughs> they find Seagal in the freezer. <laughs> no a food box. left. I'm full. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> so, Seagal will never be full, I don't think. <laughs> I think that's Paddy's problem. <laughs> I think so. Um, Kurtwood we'll, smells we'll some wrenches down saying, Oh no, we're hacking into ATAC. Come on, everyone, ATAC. And we're like, ATAC. Fuck's ATAC. 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 <laughs> ATAC must be this military headquarters that Kurtwood Smith. I'm guessing so. Belongs so, yeah. to. He's currently browning his trousers at the loss of his satellite. Uh-oh. Should have changed those damn codes on the hour every hour. Just like the Nazis. Just like my trousers. Just like my trousers. Change those trousers on the hour every hour. You smoking man. I love every him. time he smokes. Mm-hmm. I love uh, Seagal's stun double that's on top of the train as well. Did you see that? Mm. <laughs> they were like, shall we use them? We can either use them as Steven Seagal's stun double or maybe Ron Weasley's. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Stephen, what, Has there ever been a man who looked less like Stephen Seagal? I don't know how to tell you this, Stephen, but um, he's um, he's a lot thinner than you. Jujitsu! Karate chop! Next guy come up. Uh, yeah, Stephen, we don't know how to tell you this, but uh, that guy's a lot thinner than you. Jujitsu! <laughs> Stephen, that guy looks exactly like you. I like you guys. <laughs> Find me a tub of your stud, man. You, you guys are my kind of That's I'll bet he never crossed anything. <laughs> anything to do with Seagal's decisions, he's probably like, yeah, that'd be, yeah, it's fine, yeah. Another line of Eric Bogosian's I really like is, oh gee, I seem to have brought targeting codes. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of, what is it? Is this some kinky porn or something? He's, he's banging on about how much yeah. porn you could get on a disc. You yeah. know, like, you look like the, guy, the kind of guy that could know how much porn you'd get on a disc. <laughs> and after that, the boss of Kurtwood Smith turns up to chew his ass out about how could this shit happen even though this is the exact same shit the, that happened uh, in Under Siege the Minister of Def- uh, the like Secretary of Defence yeah. turns up <laughs> but to chew him out about this thing happening even though it happened last time yep, yep. it's like hello did you not know <laughs> you're all stupid yeah because that's when we have the, the threat of like what they're actually going to do they say yeah. we're, we're going to we're going to uh, basically make a crack that's underneath the, the White House ten times bigger yeah. and that's going to cause the nuclear reactor that you've got housed above it to crack and break and then you, you're going to be screwed. And what do we want? A billion dollars. And when do we want it? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and at the same time, they want to sweep the... St- I, this is what I don't get. Is the, the bad guy comes up, Mr. Arian Dream, yeah. comes up and he's like, the train's secure. We're going to start sweeping it now. So, well, it's not secure. Is <laughs> it <laughs> secure to me? <laughs> oh, is yeah. it secure or not, Heimlich? <laughs> is it secure and you're just really friendly? <laughs> you're just going to actually sweep the train? <laughs> is the train secure but you're insecure? <laughs> Did you see the next shot as well? Morris Chestnut dresses in a hoodie. And I was thinking, mm, Trayvon Martin. Was he not uh, Boys in the Hood? Um, he was he was the guy that dies at the end of Boys in the Hood, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Yeah. But I was thinking... That's a good film. 
Can we talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> no, Grant, I've not seen him. Have <laughs> you seen Young Guns too? Uh, yes. Oh. Yes, I have. Uh, I'll let you away with everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, black guy in a hoodie, I'm thinking he's... He's a target. <laughs> Somebody's going to shoot him, whether he's got a gun or not. <laughs> I was kind of thinking, black guy in hoodie. I don't know about this hoodie. Those pockets seem like they could rip really easily. <laughs> <laughs> Which literally. And it's this. This is when I noticed really. Uh, I'd seen it it's, before, but it's really noticeable here. The model work and the uh, rear projection work. Yeah. yeah. Oh. It's terrible. What about um, Sagawa's line to Chestnut? You were talking about it earlier, were you not? What is it? The young man. Don't make me raise my voice. No, make him no. raise his voice. Raise his voice. We can hear what he's saying. Show him his Please. Can you emote? And a yet more raf- racial profiling. Okay, Morris Chestnut, you can rifle through the bags. <laughs> <laughs> this is where they shoot down the satellite as well? The, uh, the chemical weapon plant. Oh. Yeah. Nah, this is yeah. all happening at the same time. This is why they shoot down that satellite, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Because they think it's going to be. Is it great? he's targeting the chemical weapon plant. Yeah, and they think they're targeting his satellite that he's using. But well, I actually quite like this. It's a good double cross, isn't it? Mm. It turns out they've shot down the only satellite that they could use to help them find the satellite <laughs> yeah. they've stolen. Genius. What a guy. <laughs> well, they said he nice was a genius. Mm. They said he was a genius. And if that's too much plot for you, how about Morris Chestnut finding a bra? <laughs> Is this where he gets a gun or finds a gun? By the way, can I just say at this point? There's no way on earth you would cancel this project. This is the most useful weapon in history. <laughs> yeah, at that point. We've got an earthquake making machine. Oh, that's won't come in useful. I'll never and no Superman to stop us. <laughs> uh, Morris Chestnut gets a gun here. Uh, did he get a gun or did, did Seagal find the gun? Him a gun? I think Seagal finds a gun after after he, he has a machete fight with a guy uh, and chops the guy's wrist across, across the, the tendons, uh, right. which is, we get a graphic close-up shot for no reason. Pretty brutal, just because it's there. It's one of those ones where you're like, ah! <laughs> even though it didn't happen to you. Yeah. It's so like the something. satellite destroys the chemical weapon plant. And at least he's actually sure it's a chemical weapon plant. American government. <laughs> Political. Well, he can see it. <laughs> he can see those weapons of mass destruction. Yeah. But am I the only one that finds that a little bit uncomfortable that they're going to attack the Pentagon? No, no. This is, like, again, the Morris, uh, the Morris Chestnut Trevor Martin thing as well. There's a lot of things in these old films that you would find uncomfortable <laughs> that you just wouldn't write you just wouldn't write down. in yeah. no way no way well we say you wouldn't write them in um, films now I bet if we'd done a more recent film we'd find something that's already happened recently that yeah. they've written something that was a bit too close to the bone about but I wanted to say about the Morris Chestnut thing where he got the gun and he says oh yeah it's their ass now because <laughs> he's got a handgun why They've got fucking machine guns and what? there's fucking 20 of them. Just why is he not shitting himself, though? I mean, like, a 17-year-old girl just beat him up. Yeah. And who's going to take on some terrorists? Some right. Germanic terrorists. Why is he not like uh, Eric Eliniak, who grew into the role yeah. as she went on? He's grown into the role in five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of that, I think, was maybe vanity for him, being a young man at the time. Yeah. So we get Seagal kills one of the terrorists. Oh, yeah. Herb, the terrorist. <laughs> Herb, are you there? Herb? Herbie Herb. Alright, I'm Herb, the terrorist. <laughs> Is that the one he kills from the bathroom? 
Yes. But the way, yeah, I mean, as I mentioned in the recruitment movement. <laughs> The f- oh, no, oh no, no, that's later on, isn't it? It's the guy you're talking about, the knife and the. Oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he, he slits his wrist, yeah. but that seems to have no effect on him. No, and yeah. yet there's specks of blood on the floor that we never see. Oh, it's disgusting. That Everett McGill finds and realises there's trouble on this train. Because there's specks of blood. Of the terrorist is okay. <laughs> I mean, you see the blood that he picks up as well. It's yeah. not even like good fake blood. It looks like sweet chilli sauce. Ah. <laughs> it's he, like see-through blood. It's, it's a cook that's behind it. <laughs> does, he do, does he do that Hollywood thing of tasting it? No, he doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. He, he picks it up and it rubs it with his finger. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's murdered a good recipe. <laughs> but how does he know that's one of his guys? Even though, okay, one of his guys have disappeared, but he thinks... He already knows that this guy's blood is on the carpet. You're right. It could have just been one of the civilians they had shot. The, the many civilians yeah. that had shot. Somebody with a bleeding nose or something. It could be anything. But he knows right away there's somebody else on this train. <laughs> and he ain't no cook. I could sense it in my waters. <laughs> <laughs> one of the terrorists is just bunk from the wire as well. Eh? Did you see him? Yes. <laughs> As they went on to see if it was him but it wasn't did you did you have a look at who some of the, the other terrorists were though no um, Jonathan Banks do you know who Jonathan Banks is he's the guy who played Mike in uh, Breaking Bad mm. the guy who looks quite like Walt's character <laughs> um, he is the guy the terrorist that drives the plane eh, the plane the train. the train yeah which how far have you guys seen in Breaking Bad season, season 3 First um, season in the last episode. Really? <laughs> I like to miss out the whole lot in the middle. I, I like to go straight to the end. You're one of those guys that reads the last page of a book. I'm afraid so. <laughs> Depends on the book. Well, yeah, there's there's definite definite uh, echoes of train stuff and Jonathan Banks mm. for for Breaking Bad fans in this. He was the only other person that I picked out that was like, oh, I know his face. And do you think they could? You know how accurate this satellite is? Do you think they could use a satellite to just get Casey Ryback? Just target his... Him. That would destabilise the train, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think it's more like train plane size than like oh, person right. size. Because remember, they don't kill like the one woman on the plane. What? They don't make an earthquake no. happen in our bowels. <laughs> <laughs> Although... Well, it's it's, been the, the, it's not just an earthquake machine, though. It also fires missiles. Lasers. No, I it was like a laser. no, it's, it is just an because he, he says when he talks about the plane okay, in the next okay. bit, he goes, An earthquake in midair? I suppose so. Could do that. And then he, he makes the plane. Ah, okay, explode. I guess then. Okay, here's another one for you. Why not just uncouple his car? Car. Yeah, why not just get them into like <laughs> one car? Yeah. <laughs> get all of them into the one place. Yeah, and just... hostages and the, the people that are terrorists, and then just detach the rest of the train. <laughs> Maybe I should be a bad guy. <laughs> God, you're quite devious. Guy. I think with that moustache that you're twirling around, you should. <laughs> I'll get you, Casey Ryback, <laughs> in Under Siege Three. Oh, I wish. <laughs> under the sea. <laughs> under the sea. Under siege. <laughs> under sea. <laughs> or as somebody suggested today, over siege. Oh, yeah. Because he's over all the stuff that happened. It's just yeah. about him living a normal life. <laughs> what about like a domestic family type film called Under Siege? <laughs> the Travel to Grandmas. <laughs> as I said, where do you My go? son's taking control of the car. <laughs> where do you go 
when you went over siege, after over siege, like way over siege, way under siege, two over siege. <laughs> yeah, so they keep using these demonstrations as well. They're like, oh, oh, about another demonstration. So they explode the plane mm-hmm. and they explode someplace else later on as well. And you're like, aren't these demonstrations more like the threats that you're meant to have yeah. rather than demonstrations you're pretty much just going we're going to do this it's, it's just going to happen that's not a demonstration that's just doing aggression <laughs> and also I would think that each time they do the demonstration it would probably make it more easy to pinpoint where they're yeah. firing from yeah. <laughs> you would think because he's set up the way they can't just do that I guess is he's set up 50 ghost satellites yeah how about just firing a missile at all 50 of them? Ah, they only have one left. One missile? Yeah. <laughs> and the after after they miss. After they miss. Bring, bring, bring. You know how you, we made you come into Iraq? Remember <laughs> <laughs> how we saved your arse in independence? That's about bloody time. <laughs> We've been waiting all fucking movie for this. <laughs> About time, you spooks. Fucking hell. Right, so they've only got one missile left for some gobbledygook reason. Yes. Right? I guess. I, I think it's, it's some, like... It is some gobbledygook piss. Satellite-mounted missile. Bollocks. Is the only one that can get to it in time or something. Yeah. Look, just go with it. Yeah. <laughs> it's under siege, too. <laughs> we, we have to get Sandra Billick to, to get it from the other side. <laughs> Did you see the scene where um, where it kind of cuts back to the hostage car? Uh-huh. Once they kind of realise that Casey Ryback's on this train. They wonder why he's yeah. here. And uh, they look up and they see he's got plus one and they go into the train. <laughs> and for that entire you time... Your niece down is your plus one. <laughs> That's creepy. She's 17, she can be registered as a person. <laughs> um, but they go into the, the hostage part of the train and this entire time they've been standing like hands locked behind uh-huh. heads in a stress position I think at some point they might have just said you know what just sit down on the ground just don't fuck with anything <laughs> but she goes uh, yeah you know uh, my uncle well, my, my dad he got this uh, he got this cross in uh, I don't whatever know, war World War 2 guess he's a hero or whatever <laughs> and, uh, that's what she'd say if she was a 17 year old Casey's Casey's got two of these uncle Casey. and other medals he can't even talk about like what a Cross stitch medal. <laughs> he literally can't it. talk loudly enough to talk about them. <laughs> you can't even talk about them because they don't exist. <laughs> so because he's got all these medals, he's instantly going to save them. I guess he's. She, this is what he, she says about. I guess he's a hero. Hello, <laughs> Braca. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, I guess he's a hero. Some might say. I guess he's a hero. Lols. <laughs> Casey's a hero what does your dad do <laughs> my uncle can beat up your dad <laughs> my dad's dead oh <laughs> also so at the same grim. time as this dialogue's going on he's got his shoot out when he's using the train doors yep yeah that's <laughs> to apparently bulletproof train doors <laughs> Bear in mind, these are the same trains that are cancelled because there are leafs on the line. <laughs> now that, that drags them up to the roof, doesn't it? Political again there, Ross. You hear that? <laughs> oh, you're great. You and Scott Rail are going to have an argument. <laughs> Too right we are. 
Is you, this where he gets shot with a sniper? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he, he tries... Like, I'm not sure if he does or not. <laughs> he does, he gets shot in the shoulder. But, like... I'm not sure he does or not because he never shows any ill effects from this. <laughs> Even though there's enough blood to suggest that he might have died. <laughs> you know, here's what he says to Morris Chestnut when he gets back on the train. This isn't a bullet. I'm not being shot. There's no bullet in here. Yeah, I didn't... That's it's what like, I mean. I didn't understand what? that. So, uh, it's all in the mind. It's all in the mind. No, you've been fucking shot. You're bleeding. <laughs> Do you think it's one of those, like, it's, kinda, it's okay if it goes in and out type things and yeah, he's yeah, like... Yeah. I've just been winged. <laughs> yeah, it's only a fucking... It's only a wee bullet wound. Come on. <laughs> I was wanting her to kind of aim a wee bit higher and go for a headshot as well. Any sniper <laughs> worth her soul. Quite bad that I'm 110% on the terrace. Heart <laughs> <laughs> or head, right? Yeah, yeah, really thought, yeah. But hey, that's, that's this lazy girl. Maybe she fancied him. She was like, oh God, I didn't realise it was Seagal. <laughs> oh, just graze him. <laughs> Boom. He's so dreamy. Yeah. <laughs> it's Casey Ryback. Oh, Wow. <laughs> Bullet to the shoulder, he'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll get this girl next time. <laughs> I want him to be back to kill me later, as long as Morris Chestnut doesn't get to do it. Oh, this is where Fortunately for her. This is where the bad guys find out who Casey Ryback is. Casey. Casey fucking Ryback. That's his middle name. <laughs> it's like when you Casey see. Casey F. Ryback. Like Casey fucking Ryback. Roadhouse, and everybody knows who fucking Patrick Swayze is yeah. in that film. Legendary bouncer. The legendary bouncer. This is a legendary fucking special ops officer who trained half of these guys. Mm-hmm. It's from his Gordon Rams- Ramsay <laughs> reality TV show. Ryback's kitchen nightmares. Ryback's tactics. <laughs> Ryback's terrorism based kitchen. <laughs> so let's say you're in a kitchen and it's been taken over by terrorists. Now, what kind of dish are you going to make that's going to maybe soothe away some of these problems? <laughs> then you want brandy in your cake. <laughs> and remember, there's no hypno in the Mexican. And <laughs> so Ross. Yeah? Yeah? The guy from. <laughs> Sorry, I said Ross and looked at Bob. <laughs> Weird. And then you dramatically turned around and looked at It's my hero folks, like the gal. Um, the CIA, CIA guy with the beard. Uh huh. Sleazy. Guess what it's called? That's oh, he good. He's got a beard and he's the second in command. He's called Riker. Riker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this film grew the beard at this point for me. And he's still got a fucking cigarette in his hand. He does, he does. Or it's like a new cigarette every time you cut to him. <laughs> he's a chain smoker, but he's definitely well a chain smoker. Well, is a chain smoker. <laughs> I like the line here as well, because I know it's going to come back. Assumption is the mother of all fuck-ups. Yeah. Why couldn't he just go, when you assume, you make an ass out of you? <laughs> because yeah. he realises nobody saw the body of Casey Ryback yeah. when it fell <laughs> off a fell off the train. So he totally bitched Confirm the somebody. kill. Confirm the kill. Assumption's the mother of all fuckers. <laughs> he's right, though, in this he case. He is. He's, he's well right. And this is where Casey's restaurant finally gets the fax he sent earlier on. That's why he was on the other end of the train. <laughs> it takes a while. It doesn't half. <laughs> Although the restaurant gets the fax, <laughs> they don't fucking do anything with the fax because they just ignore it. <laughs> For the next half hour of the film, I think. Oh, that's right. Aye, isn't it? This isn't the produce list. Oh my god! <laughs> then he goes off to a bar to make a bomb. 
Oh yeah, nice wee surprise for the second terrorists. second eighty moment in this film. There was the scene earlier on where he managed to get like somebody's cell phone mm-hmm. and connect it up to the circuitry inside sure. a payphone. What a guy! <laughs> I could have sworn he was a chef and a special no, ops it, officer. It's, it's a special ops tactics. Do you think? Um, do you think there's any terrorists watching this going, oh, oh lighter fluid, <laughs> coconut oil, <laughs> light bulb? Oh, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> this will definitely work. <laughs> he spends what a good half an hour making this bomb mm-hmm. to kill one person. <laughs> a bomby meal. Oh, no. and this is where your smoking guy tells his family to go to Washington. <laughs> this yeah. is also the bit you're talking about with the toilet. Happens at this bit too. Yes, where the girl shows her breast to the terrorist, and apparently that's enough for him. <laughs> To just like his eyes pop out of his head. <laughs> These breasts have saved the world. <laughs> Why am I sure? As he kisses her arm, Ryback comes out and blows his fucking brains out. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty brutal, isn't it? It is, it is. There's a great line I'll come out later on. <laughs> she was bait. Masturbate, if you will. Know. <laughs> I'm confused like I know we've kind of gone over this with mm-hmm. Ryback but this is a bit I kind of noticed when he's wandering about now not only does he have full use of his shoulder mm-hmm. there's no bullet hole why would there be? because he was shot <laughs> he, he, he didn't feel it but he, he would <laughs> he's Casey fucking Ryback but oh. he would still be shot <laughs> but he'll have got a new coat right? in the baggage car <laughs> Yeah, that's has got a hole in it. I'll get a new one. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'll take this leather jacket and wear it for the rest of my career. <laughs> <laughs> is well, this, uh, this is where they get off the train, yeah. Yeah, this is where because after the the bomb, yeah, they kind of like I said, it doesn't even kill. Doesn't even kill Wecter. Right, but well, they start looking for Ryback they plus do. one, and immediately suspect it's Catherine Heigl. <laughs> she looks tough. <laughs> oh, yeah. And this is this is like a, a little turnaround because they siege the the, the control panel yeah. to get the disc because mm-hmm. they somehow know the, the, the disc. Need the disc. <laughs> of course. And then that's when they end up coming off the train and uh, after him and Morris Chestnuts part ways. Yeah. <laughs> Two last things about the bomb, by the way. Yeah. The bomb has an LED display on it that says. That's a pager. Yeah, it's a, a pager. Which he, says you're fucked on it, I think. Does yeah, he does. love setting people on fire? Or was that and he's just made me? some explosive rounds. <laughs> has he? Yeah, like he fires a gun into someone, it sets them up and takes someone. Oh, it's, 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 it's a flare gun. He fucking loves It's his hotshot, <laughs> Judge Dredd gun. He borrowed on Stallone. He loves setting so like people on fire. It's a hot shot. He said, hot shot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's, he loves setting people on fire, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh, I'll set this guy on fire with this. And this why don't you just fire. set the entire train on fire? Because yeah. they go up pretty quick by the looks of them. And the, the terrorist is, uh, is, has the gun trained mm-hmm. on Seagal. And he's like, it's over, Ryback. I have the high ground. <laughs> <laughs> don't try it. <laughs> but he does try it. He does try it. And somehow he doesn't get a bullet in his head for the trouble. Because <laughs> there's no way... You, the guy wouldn't just shoot him at this bit. Casey fucking right back. Is that just shoot him? Is that the bit where he's got the gun trained on him? Is that when he's hanging over the edge of the cliff? 
No, no, it's before that. Off the cliff. That's another moment of where it could be shot quite easily. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. That's another. That's another. <laughs> he's, he's hanging off over the cliff. Yeah, because they all fall. They fall off the cliff. Yeah. Like, like Wiley Coyote. <laughs> Him and this other guy. And he he manages to hold on to some shrub. Yeah. Because that, twi- that twig is never holding him. <laughs> but he's he does he's friend fall. of the twigs. He does fall. <laughs> another. 20 feet or something yeah and manages to hold on and then, and then a guy descends down just to make sure he's dead yep. I mean why just leave and him get, well and get the disc oh I suppose they think he's got the disc yeah. right and uh, Stephen Seagal does have a, a quite a good line here where he's like hello and he just grabs him that's that was good that was good hello <laughs> and at the same time Morris Chestnut's getting shot at by the bad guys and he escapes for like six of them uh, yeah, all firing yeah. at him and then what's he got in his pocket when he's running away after he realises he doesn't have the disc though he's got nothing and, and what does he say to the guy as he goes to search in his pocket again because the guy insists that he searches his pocket again yeah. he says I ain't got nothing in my pocket all I got in my pocket is Tom Trenton says your ass <laughs> <laughs> is this the incredibly racist guy yeah up yeah that's right try and kill him and, and Morris shoots him <laughs> Apparently so, and well done to him. <laughs> it was useless enough to drop the CD, though. Yeah. The CD-ROM. <laughs> With the terrorist codes on it. McGill just happens to find. He just wanders the length of the train and goes, there it is. <laughs> I'll get that. Lucky. <laughs> well, did, did you know what I said on as well, when he's like trying to show off how impressive the technology is? He's like, one gig of RAM? <laughs> that will be plenty. Well, if you want to run, like... Windows maybe <laughs> Windows 95 yeah. perhaps we've mentioned this before Windows 95 is quite a quite a gobbin for us doesn't it they should really just to make these things <laughs> just completely go way over the top mm. like there is no way that something would have like I don't know and then just like the biggest why, unit of measurement you're right why use that? that measurement of unit of of, uh, of RAM and gigabytes and all the rest of it that was available then why not you're right exaggerate it yeah there's something that a hundred million gigabytes of RAM like I always think that with Star Trek as well like if you're going to guess a time in the future mm-hmm. add like a thousand years because it's going to take us that fucking long yeah. <laughs> at least like a Superman 3 though eh, where the supercomputer is a big computer <laughs> no it's a tiny computer actually dear Superman 3 bless you <laughs> see you one day <laughs> <laughs> we shall meet again old friend so Sagan starts climbing up this rope yeah. again. Wouldn't like to have to pull that way up. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> this is where I think uh, McGill tries to shoot the rope because he knows that Ryback's probably on the end of that. Yeah, yeah. And then he does shoot it, wanders up, and says in front of the niece, <laughs> "Guess he wasn't that tough after all." <laughs> I know there's going to be a showdown at the end here. Mm-hmm. Boards back onto the train, and the train takes off without him. Via. He steals a, a jeep from Jurassic Park. The restaurant finally, finally gets touched with the military. <laughs> oh, jeez. We've had this message for a week. Um, Got this fax. But a million fucking... Years ago. A million years ago. Jeez. So, yeah, Ryback finds a small four-wheel truck and yep. hot-wires it. Yep. Because I guess special forces let you do that as well. By the, the engine. The uh, we forgot to say as well. Morris just jumps on the train. Oh, he gets back on. That's doesn't he? I would have kind thought, of the sensible thing to do. <laughs> I would have thought he would have went and gone and helped uh, Segal. Segal, that would have been yeah. I would have you know, 
that he just jumps back on board the train mm-hmm. no they, they want separate stories thank you <laughs> well, given, given the way Seagal gets back on the train that's metal I would have I would have just jumped back on the train yeah the first chance actually I well, originally thought the way it's edited um, when he jumps in the car yeah. and the car clears it and goes mm-hmm. right well I thought they were doing the Starscreen Hutch style oops I missed <laughs> <laughs> good old boys did you think he was going to jump the truck onto the train as well I thought something like that or you yeah, like drive like behind it on the yeah. tracks and, and then catch up with catch it. up and then climb on board or be on top of one of those remember those things from the old films where you pump up and down yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would have been good lethal weapon 3 style because it happens with lethal weapon 3 anything like again, that with a see, truck again see you one day lethal yeah. weapon 3 <laughs> we shall meet again old friend all of these ways would have been better ways to reboard the train than the way he chose because he jumps out the truck as he rolls down the hill, just in time for the train to round this corner. Yeah, and but then he, he just jumps I thought, on it. when that truck crashes into the water... <laughs> Aren't the bad guys going to hear it? Yeah. <laughs> I know there's the train noise, but you would notice, A, you would notice the fucking truck hitting the water. Flying over the top of you, maybe. At window even. level, which mm-hmm. it is, and you would hear the noise. Or maybe some of the hostages would have been like, Oh my God! What the fuck was that? <laughs> I saw a truck yeah, just in the water there. But yeah, he gets on board the train, he's back. Mm-hmm. As they enter the dark territory. <laughs> what a stupid name. But you're right. Whatever do. that means. They enter the dark territory. <laughs> Where there's no mobile phone <laughs> receiver towers. <laughs> my uncle my uncle will come up with something. Well I better come up with a fucking miracle. That should be Steven Seagal's title, eh? Steven yeah. Seagal coming up with miracles since nineteen eighty two. Under Siege first one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is where the assumption line comes back as well. Yeah. So yeah, the niece kind of grabs him in a lock of some kind. Vul- Vulcan, Vulcan pinch, pinch. <laughs> and that kind of turns him on. He's like, what? Does. She doesn't even break skin. Shocking. Oh, that was good. That was really good. Your uncle teaching that? <laughs> that got me a hard. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of creeped out by that. It's, it's pretty creepy and this is when Bogosian turns around and says yeah did you see the body that's the assumption of all fuck ups <laughs> but I wouldn't piss that guy off would you he, he does make a terrible one liner at this point as well mm-hmm. where he changes lanes into the dark territory which one of the guys knows because they're on the wrong side of yeah. the haunted it's chestnut time. Morris chestnut yeah, yeah. that's yeah, says, we should be going on the guess I have a one track mind oh fuck off Oh. oh, this is where uh, Chestnut nearly gets killed as well <laughs> by another terrorist. Oh, is this the the one where he goes? If you want to help me, you can take out that hero. No, I can't remember what. Uh... And he goes up and he fights the women up there. No, no, no. no, 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 no this no. is before that. This the guy with the floppy mop top. Um, or one of the guys with floppy mop tops That's goes down and finds him climbing aboard the train. Oh yeah. And just says, right, where do you want it? Do you want it uh, facing it or do you want to turn around? Oh, that's right, yeah. And Seagal just comes back on board at this point. But the terrorist doesn't see it. Doesn't and see it. just goes, want to help me out here? And he, and he does. Oh, my God! <laughs> Tears the shit at this guy. Jesus. Does he not... Break, he breaks his neck. He breaks his neck. neck. <laughs> oh, it doesn't half go on. Yeah. Blame me. So this train is well, on an unstoppable course. You're normally good at answering these. This satellite starts to target stealth planes. Yes. 
How does it do that? Well, he, he says <laughs> By their very definition. <laughs> ah, they explain this. He says that it targets it through low air turbulence. <laughs> <laughs> See? So when it disturbs the air, because we have things that could read to that? I'm not sure. I don't think so. Oh, Jesus Christ. And the military didn't want this weapon. (laughs) (laughs) If that was true, though, the Chinese or the Russians would just have a satellite watching for that the whole time. And you're right, there would be no stealth planes there at all. So, yeah, I think think it's just kind of... And now, finally... Well, this is the bit where the the girl's showing her tits in the bathroom. Yes. And his line... Tits to die for, eh? <laughs> Finally, they makes go a quip. towards saving the hostages, which is what they should have done an hour ago. <laughs> Surely, your first priority, hostages. Oh, get yeah. them out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> I was having too much fun killing people. <laughs> he is a psychopath, isn't he? He really is. It's a softly spoken psychopath. <laughs> and um, this is a bit where... What's his name? Everett McGill throws a big hissy fit. He's working half at his number one <laughs> lieutenant. His number one, mm. who totally accuses him of messing everything up. Well, we've just discovered before this as well that they're going to fuck over the henchmen. Yeah. Because they're like, yeah, that helicopter's just coming for you and me, by the way. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah, you'd better the rest of them be stated killed by Casey Rybanks. <laughs> so McGill ends, up, uh, McGill ends up knifing that guy in the throat. Ouch. Nice way and at this point, when we go back to ATAC headquarters or whatever they're yeah. called, um, they're like, the Secretary of State says, get me the President. Is the President just finding out about this now? <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine at this point it cutting to somebody whispering in George Bush's ear <laughs> as he reads my pick. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a little counter in the bottom screen as he just reads the book for the rest of the <laughs> Do I have to do anything? Or... <laughs> Why? Am I meant to do something? <laughs> Again, Ross. Like should, that? You, should you really have your main bad guy scared of his henchmen? <laughs> no. You know? Yeah. Week. Did either of you watch uh, Scrooged over the Christmas period? I did. Mm-hmm. Bobcat Goldthwait and Scrooge, mm-hmm. the tech guy in this film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> they ask him, they ask the tech guy, who was the guy that was looking at the boobs at the start, yeah. to pick. A random satellite, because yeah. we've managed to narrow it down to, was it eight? Eight or something like that, yeah. Um, and they're like, just pick one, son. And you're like, oh, okay, sure. So get the right one then. The life of the free world yeah. rests on this guy that was preoccupied with boobs earlier on. To me, his line just should so have come can, back. <laughs> it's just so they can blame it on him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking. <laughs> Choose the wrong one, you little dick. A patsy. I think, I think his. Lee Harvey Oswald, eh? <laughs> his holy guacamole line should have came back, I think. Yeah. That should have been. When his, it misses. Yeah, holy guacamole. <laughs> Why is it slow if it's just going to mess? What's yeah. the point in this scene? Because it's a one in eight shot. Gives that guy something to do, and like you said, he's a patsy. <laughs> Take him out and kill him. <laughs> this yeah. is where the sniper and Morris Chestnut have a wee fight on the helicopter. Because yeah. Seagal sends him up to get the take over the helicopter, because obviously he's going to do that. But they commandeer the hero. Yeah. Got to do that. This technical knowledge that, yeah, we can't know what that means. <laughs> he beats up the karate expert yeah. female terrorist. Yeah. yeah. Snapshot. Snapshot? She's, 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 
a good shot and I'd imagine she'd be handy with her that shot <laughs> then that makes more sense <laughs> she's a female and she's a hot shot and that's it I'm guessing she'd be quite handy with the old hand to hand combat as well you would have thought so were. Yeah. but he pretty much just beats her by going like whoop pushed you out of here I need a point the helicopter oh, oh. <laughs> you get a really unnecessary bit where she bounces off the train <laughs> <laughs> boom <laughs> <laughs> the folly this was having great fun there <laughs> and this is when uh, I think Ryback has a wee fight with somebody as well just before his main event yeah, yeah. Fight with was somebody. that uh, where he breaks the guy's neck? I think so. Mm-hmm. Well, he doesn't. He just puts him in the sleeper hold. Oh, he loves all that, though, doesn't he? He loves breaking. Uh, well, he breaks his arm, sorry. And then just oh, like, classic oh, cigar, man. Bloody hell. <laughs> Let's just flop a boot like. Hey, is that the one where he breaks the guy's <laughs> arm with it by holding his hands, though, at first? Yeah. Like, because yeah. is it not hard target or Nico where he, he keeps like grabbing people's hands and it's like I can control it's, you with the power of your own hands. All of them, Ross. <laughs> every single really one. Is. It's the only one I can still do. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hold your hand. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're fat for that move. <laughs> oh, of course, they uncouple the cart with the hostages in it as well. Yeah, way yeah, before we that, yeah, way before this. Yeah, because that's where he decides to send them up to yeah. commandeer the helicopter. Yeah. And this is this is where we get into the the final fight because uh, which starts off in a nice little crash zoom on Catherine Heigl, which is a note I never wanted to take for this podcast. <laughs> She's hanging for the roof by a, uh, like a wire holding on to a yeah, bomb. Yeah, right. If she lets it go, they'll explode. Yeah, and hang herself <laughs> and hang herself. I'm really sure why she's on <laughs> the wire. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, a noose. Considering as soon as he gives her the. Grenades to hold. Grenade. You would have thought he, she could have just like used held it in one hand and used the other hand to. And hookers and hookers her. You would have thought. <laughs> Throwing a grenade at the far end of the tree, <laughs> or at the window, <laughs> or at the window, just gonna like, yeah. Hey, Uncle Casey, catch! <laughs> you know what to do with this. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Saying my dad's a bastard. Fuck that. Rick. He was so a choir boy. <laughs> so we have the. Oh, wait, wait. Before the start of the fight, yeah. Gil admits to the lassie that her uncle scares him. Yeah. And he likes, likes it. it. <laughs> I love that. Well, oh, he scares me and I like it. We have. I kind of three parts to this fight film yeah. fight scene. We have the, the fencing it, part. Well, it starts off with him having a go at. Seagal and saying let's fight hand to hand but I could just shoot you really <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah. although I guess he has proved earlier that guns have no effect on him <laughs> I'm not shot <laughs> I'm not shot who said I was shot <laughs> we've got this documentary evidence that you were shot yeah it's on the train camera no I don't know what you're on about does it mean <laughs> must have been that stunt double <laughs> that tubby stunt double <laughs> Yeah, no, it was definitely the tubby main stuff. <laughs> so the, there is some laughably f- ridiculous moves in this this we, fight scene, isn't there? Knife fight. Yeah, well, there's the knife fight, mm. which is like fencing. You know, there's three parts to it. Is one of them the bit where Seagal punches his groin? <laughs> that takes up a good five minutes of screen time. And in my mind, there's fencing. Then there's the actual bit where they're punching and kicking each other and then there's the ridiculous bit once they're both kind of a little bit hurt (laughs) which includes sped up film on a lot of it would it not have been better if um, 
the blonde guy Everett McGill was as good <laughs> as Steven Seagal <laughs> might have helped whereas I feel like the script was made to, yeah like yeah. in his favour yeah. to make him seem like he was the more powerful but I mean that's Steve- great dramatic tension <laughs> really, yeah. I mean it's, it's shit isn't it <laughs> Steven Seagal famously Oh, you just looked at me. <laughs> um, Steven Seagal famously has his own brand of karate, yeah, kung fu, aikido, um, and it is the most laughable thing ever when he just starts swinging his arms around, <laughs> and you're like, "Why are you windmilling? <laughs> That's not going to hurt anybody." <laughs> you might as well do the helicopter with your <laughs> penis. Right, just play. Do the windmill and the helicopter. <laughs> And what's his big line after he beats him? I can't remember. Nobody beats me in the kitchen. No, no, the kitchen. Of course, the kitchen gets a mention. That line would only work if he'd killed him with a kitchen implement. Yeah. Like a whisk. <laughs> right in the eye. Using the skills of whisking the cake in <laughs> to whisk his eyeball. Like he punches him in the face. <laughs> just threw on some of that uh, rehypnol bar. Surely. Oh, if he just put the cake in his face at the end. You thought that fight was tension free. How about Seagal against Derek Bogosian? Oh, now come on, seriously. Has there ever been a mismatch more than him and him? Apart from maybe John Lithgow and Sylvester Stallone in Cliffhanger. <laughs> Apart from that, this is pretty bad. He decides to just shoot him. There's no way that you can stop this. Bang, shoots him in the laptop. <laughs> uh, never thought of that. Shot in the laptop. And then he falls out the train, is that right? Uh, yeah, pretty I'm much. sure that's what happens, right? Did he confirm the kill? Uh, that's the mother of all. Set up for under siege three. <laughs> so yeah, he saves. He says his knees shoots uh, Dane, and then the military that obviously triggers the military to find the satellite yes. right away because the ghost satellite saw disappear. Yeah, that's right. And then they destroy it with no. They shut it down. Shut it down. Well, they self destruct They do. Yeah. Right. Because I was trying, I was trying to work out how if they only had one missile left, had they managed <laughs> to did do we, that bit. Did we mention the oncoming train that was headed their way? Yes, the Filled unstoppable oncoming, oncoming train. Yep. That they hit. That they hit. <laughs> <laughs> Conveniently, on a bridge. On a bridge. <laughs> but He's Jason Patrick and <laughs> all the way over the scene. He gets his niece to the helicopter first. He before does. Before the train hits. And then he goes flying through a carriage. Uh, kinda, he kinda runs up the carriages <laughs> as they as they're falling off the edge of the cliff. And I've mentioned this oh, before. This is his run. One of my most hilarious things because all the scenes that you see where it's obviously <laughs> the stunt double mm-hmm. that are like side on as he's sprinting up the carriages. Like the stunt double is genuinely getting at some luck yeah. as you would if you were falling off the edge of the cliff. And then there's one straight on shot of Seagal coming to, down the carriage towards the camera. And he is visibly just at a light jog. <laughs> he doesn't run. He, he saunters. If he has to, he'll like saunter. I've got, I've got time before this train goes <laughs> over the cliff. <laughs> make a case. As you've said before on the podcast, though, Ross, he has a hilarious run. It? <laughs> it does. <laughs> it's kind of all from the chest up. <laughs> and then just as he grabs the helicopter... Who grabs his foot? Oh, that guy that fell out the window. How? Somehow. Where the fuck does this happen? Where does he even come from? <laughs> what? I don't know. He's a genius though, Bob, so oh, maybe that was... I guess so. And then one series of com- 
fusing camera angles it's all over it's <laughs> booted off he chops all his fingers off he shuts it in the door that's what happens he shuts it in the door and then all the fingers are left inside the cabin now if he picked them up he went chipple out a sausage <laughs> to Catherine Heigl that it's not like Mike Wyler inside getting his insane. fucking elbows taken off in uh, oh, Total, Total Recall, recall. Mm. it's not like uh, Total Recall <laughs> Where at least he picks up the arms and says, See you at the party, Victor! <laughs> shows them off. And then she says to him, I never doubted you. And so, well, maybe you should have. That might have created some yeah. dramatic tension in this film. I would have said so. <laughs> we and didn't doubt him either. If you'd hated him all the way through the film, mm-hmm. that'd have been better. And we see, we see a nice little post credit scene with him back in his... Uh, I just want to mention before... That. Is that... Before we go on to that scene, yeah. I want to mention his phone call to the military. Where it's like, you know, hostages are safe, punch the air, woohoo, <laughs> job done. Uh, but he just forgot to add on the part about the ecological disaster he's just left <laughs> behind him with a fucking mile long carriage of fuel that's dumped in the river now. The forest fire that is now happening. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, sorry about that, but we did save the hostages and you got your satellite back. <laughs> Job done. <laughs> and Eric Bogosian doesn't have any fingers. <laughs> You're looking for a fingerless Eric Bogosian. <laughs> so yeah, there's there's a little just after scene after this where they're at the the grave site of the brother. his brother and he's wearing his full under siege one original white gear. Which he's he, a fucking choir boy compared to me. A choir boy, <laughs> which he just kind of fits into. Yeah, just just, just, just. the normal. And yeah. she's got her hair like all of our clothes on Boxing <laughs> Day. <laughs> Are you with me on this? It's kind of like you wear all your yes. clothes on top of each other. That's what he looks like, isn't it? Yeah. Well, she's got her hair tied back and she's wearing a decent length skirt, so she's respectable now. Well, she's she's, she's the respectable, yeah. She's not wearing some kind of crop top where you can see her midriff or I actually expected uh, Morris Chestnut to turn up and start feeling her arse. <laughs> Slap her ass as yeah. he's walking past at the gravesite. So, did, did we listen any further than that? Did yep. anybody else watch? No, there's a Steven Seagal song called After the Train Has Gone <laughs> that plays over the credits. Yeah. <laughs> I did watch it. Is that the first song that we hear? Uh, I think it's the only one. Because it's the only uh, yes, one. I did hear that song. It's yeah. the only one that's credited at the end. Yeah. The only song. I heard some of it. I heard enough of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's the end of Under Siege. We are no longer Under Siege. We are Siegeless. Under Siege 2. Yes. Dark Territory. <laughs> we are no longer in the Dark Territory. We have entered into the light. Ah. Light so, Territory. <laughs> <laughs> so, jump the shark moments. Yep. I'm going to go with. When Morris Chestnut drops the disc. <laughs> because at that point I thought, just bring a backup to this disc or make a backup to this disc <laughs> in the cockpit. <laughs> Job done, problem solved. <laughs> there is a special forces guy coming to get you. Maybe a little contingency plan might be in order. <laughs> Those fragile discs that were around in 1998. Five, you know, you maybe thought maybe it'd be a good idea to make up. Do you know how expensive those discs were back in 1995? 80 pence? At least. <laughs> per disc. <laughs> Who's got that kind of money? Eric Bogosian has a billion. <laughs> but again, it's like the, the military and not using the codes, mm. updating it every hour on the hour. It would have saved so much trouble. <laughs> but hey, ho. What about you, Bob? For me, it was the train crash. 
<laughs> I, did, I enjoyed all the cheese up till then but I, th- I feel like by the time we get to the train crash the job's done mm-hmm. there's just one thing too many yeah. and one special effect too many because they clearly don't have the budget for this no it's like you say more the work so everything's really badly done either weird projects special effects by Hornby yeah <laughs> really, really quite poor why even bother having it and uh, uh, as for him running through the train I mean come on and then Eric Bogosian turning up at the end no <laughs> he clearly fell out of the train as <laughs> it was moving like he's a fucking T-1000 <laughs> no you died we watched you die but, uh, the train the train crashed for me <laughs> what about yourself? Uh, for me it was definitely the the part where He's off the train. You're like, right. This has got to be an inventive way that we get back on the train. <laughs> and he goes and finds a truck from Jurassic Park. <laughs> Handily. <laughs> it's just placed at the side of the track. <laughs> and opens up the bonnet. Oh, look how handy it is. The two wires that I need to connect to the start of the engine are already disconnected and stripped apart yep. vroom, vroom, vroom. oh it starts first time there's gas in it it's not been sitting for hundreds of years and it's all rusted well, I'll just use this and I, I hate to compare this to another film uh, but in, in the memory of Paul Walker do you remember in Too Fast Too Furious when he jumps the car onto the boat yep. and they're like this is a bad idea and when they land everything's fucking carnage and you're like actually it's actually quite a realistic depiction of what would happen if you jumped the car on oh, the yeah. boat yeah, he just kind of jumps out, gets a little bit scuffed, dusts himself <laughs> off. And did you notice, throughout this entire film, we kind of mentioned it a little bit, he wears a suit jacket and wears a shirt buttoned up to the very top. <laughs> <laughs> and never at one point thinks, fucking hell, this is hot work kicking all these folks' ass. I'm about to take a button out. This <laughs> is Luke, though, isn't it? Yes. Oh, but that's the only he thing. thinks it looks no. like a... Come through It's the only yeah, thing that's like secure in his triple chin. Bruce Lee's <laughs> Surely. Yeah, it's, 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 that's it's, like it's, Zach Brannigan no, undoing the, the, his yard, yeah. the, the less you want that top button in, surely. <laughs> Girdle. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Seagal was wearing a girdle? I think there's every chance. I think he was. If he was, he was fat as fuck at this point. He's already fat as oh. fuck. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah, just the, the easily started car. That. And it, it was close to the end, and I wouldn't have minded it if he'd got back on the train any other way. And I would have enjoyed the rest of the film. I did. I did enjoy the film. I did. I must admit. Yes. I said it. And I won in what was it thirty? It's one of the um, only Dom Jean-Michel films I would be happy to watch again. Too. Yeah. It's just so bad, so cheesy, mm-hmm. and I like my cheesy film. There's plenty of laughs, but it kicks all that good speed to. Oh yeah. <laughs> that was a slog. <laughs> that was a slog. I still laugh at that cock in the shotgun before he uses the body ah. to hit the window. <laughs> like, why? Why? Why do you that? <laughs> <laughs> what if you'd shot yourself in the face, you fucking moron? <laughs> We've never seen... There's never been a film with Seagal and Jason Patrick, has there? No, fuck. Can you imagine fuck that? For that? Hi, Steven Seagal. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> one droning, one whispering. Jason, Jason uh, Statham and Seagal, the two whisperers. <laughs> the Cockney Stay. Whisperer and the American Whisperer. The Cockney Whisperer. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that was the film. <laughs> It was the Cockney Whisperer, and Steven Seagal had to Takes learn a, some version of Cockney. Takes a, what's her name, Scarlett Johansson into London and <laughs> interprets what all the Cockneys are saying for her. Oh, God, blimey, God, God, Lamadak. Oh, Lamadak. He's, he's happy. <laughs> he's on the apples and pears, isn't he? Stairs. <laughs> so, if uh, people want to find us on Twitter, where can they find us? Uh, don't Jump Shark. What about Facebook, Grant? Don't Jump Shark Film Podcast. And they can email us at don'tjumpshark at hotmail.com. That's it for this week. Bye. See you later. Cheerio. Next time on Don't Jump the Shark. Beverly Hills Cop. Wee. <laughs> Billy. Axel. Wonder World. Wonder World. Axel Fox. Uncle Dave, hello, my name is Serge. Get the fuck out of here! No, I cannot, it is joyous. Fortune favours the prepared mind. Yeah.